follow a worship time like that and then Alice bringing the offering and literally repeating exactly what I'm about to talk about. So um, it's obviously God's plan. So this morning I've titled it Giving God's Way. And uh, who enjoys giving? Raise a hand. Okay, this is going to be easier than I thought then because you're halfway there. So as a family um, over Christmas, and Bethy will laugh because this week I've been saying a week, a month ago it was Christmas. A month ago it was Christmas, and it's driving, driven her like totally mad. But literally a month ago today was Boxing Day, and I genuinely think there's two or three weeks inside January that are hidden without the calendar that just make this month seem 365 days. But it has literally been a month. And as a family this year, we decided that instead of giving presents to our close family, we would do a secret Santa. So we would draw one name out of a hat, and we would give a token gift of a certain amount to one person which we thought initially would be a good way of saving money, of like not having to buy things that people don't really need. But for, we found it very difficult as a family. We quite enjoy the whole present-giving thing, and actually restricting it to a certain amount kind of took away from the whole giving a gift thing, because we knew what we were going to get was going to be of a certain value. So you're thinking, okay, that was a month ago. Why is that relevant now? But I want you to keep that in your mind and think, okay... That, that image of giving and giving God's way. A few weeks ago when I did the offering, I had a real revelation, the fact that God doesn't need our money. And you might be thinking, you've just asked for an offering, and you're now saying God doesn't need our money. God doesn't need our money, okay? Get that in your head. God does not need your money. So why are we thinking about giving God's way when God doesn't need our money? So I'm going to break it into three things. Why do we give? How do we give? And what do we give? So first of all, why do we give? I grew up uh, in a traditionally Baptist church, and we didn't take an offering in a service with a parson of plate, but it was a, there was a real emphasis of the tithe of the offering. And that tithe being 10% of your wage and the importance of that was, 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 was driven and was quite a secure way of knowing that you were going to get funds into a church, which is what many churches do. And it was, it was taught so, so strongly that I took it for granted that it was biblical. I never questioned the, the tithe process in church, the 10% of your wage coming into church. It never, I never questioned it. I just took it for, took it for granted, took it as biblical. And as I've, as I've matured and as I've, I've grown and as I've expanded my vision, I've questioned a lot of the things that actually we took as tradition. I said at the beginning that actually a lot of things we do is out of tradition, out of culture. And actually it's good sometimes to question these things and find out for us personally why we do it. Our relationship with God is personal, so why do we do things that we've always done when it's so keen to keep things so personal? And some of you might be thinking, Tom... You're in the pulpit and you're asking people or telling people that they don't have to tithe. And Giles is probably thinking, where is he going? But bear with me. So tithing is, tithing is taught often from a scripture in Malachi. And uh, Malachi 3, and if you want these scriptures, I'll share them with you at the end. But it talks about um, being under a curse for not bringing your full tithe to God. And that God will not... Re- and um, release his blessings and resources on you unless you've given your full 10%. Okay? 
for me, that feels like a command that I am to give my 10% by law to God. Is this the image we have of God? That he demands our 10%? That he needs our money? It's not the image I have of God. And it's often the way that actually it's taught out of guilt that we are to give our 10%. That if something's going wrong in our household, if we're unwell, you'll, hear, you'll see it on um, a lot of the TV programs on TBN and things like this. That if you want, if you want deliverance, if you want, if you want freedom, send your money. Yeah? If anyone's done that, I'm sorry you've done that. That is not how you receive the freedom and the grace and the love of God. It is not by any financial mean. So if you've been led astray by that, I'm sorry. I can only apologize. God sees the truth in it. We're not bound by the law of giving our 10%. Romans 7 says uh, from verse 4, So my brothers and sisters, you also died to the law through the body of Christ that you might belong to another, to him who was raised from the dead in order that we might bear fruit for God. For when we were in the realm of flesh... The sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in us, so that we bore fruit and death for death. But now, so this is now, by dying to what once bound us, we have been released from the law, and so that we serve in a new way of the spirit and not of the old way of the written code. When we're giving, we are not giving by a written law. We are giving from a spirit inside us that wants to give. Alice said it so much more beautifully than I just have but this desire inside us is why we give because we want to John 3.16 probably the most popular verse in the Bible for this is how much God loved the world he gave his one and only unique son as a gift so that everyone who believes in him will never perish but experience everlasting life God did not send his son into the world to judge or condemn the world, but as a saviour to rescue it. This, this idea of guilt and condemnation of, that we have to was broken. God didn't have ten sons and sent one. The ten percent. God gave his one, his hundred percent, all he had for you. So why would we not do the same? It is in God's nature to give. And as Christians following the teaching and the actions of Christ, we too have that desire to give. James 1.17 says, Every gift God freely gives, freely gives, is good and perfect, streaming down from the Father of lights and shines from the heavens with no hidden shadows or darkness and is never subject to change. So simply, why do we give? We give because he gave to us. And as Christians, as people who believe in him, why would we not want to do the same in our giving? So how do we give? Okay, firstly, how do we not give? We do not give, give? We do not give out of a, a feeling of greed. People take scriptures so, so out, of, out of context sometimes and say, if I give this, I will get that. Yes, the Bible does say that. But if that is your reason for giving, you've missed the rest of it. So many people, I hear so many people saying, I was chatting with Alan beforehand, that people say, if God lets me win the lottery, I will give him 10%. I will give him 20%. 
God has given you so much already that you're not giving him. Why is he going to give you 15 million pounds? He knows that you didn't need his money as much as he doesn't need his money. We spoke about guilt, about the, the verse in Malachi, about poor health. That's, that's not why we give. There is no guilt in not giving. We feel it's a commandment too. Again, not a reason. God doesn't hold a stick over us and say, Tom, you didn't give your 10%. Of course he doesn't. And the other thing is, only 10%. Why should we restrict it to that 10%? 2 Corinthians 9.11 says, Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can give always and be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. Okay. So two things in the next bit. So God has given to us and we want to give, give, give to others, okay? That's why we give. Second part is, so two good things will result from this ministry, okay? So it's a ministry of giving, okay? It's an action, it's a way of life, it's a, it's a thing we want to do. The needs of the believers will be met. If I see a need and I want to give to it, their needs met. On the flip side of that, it says, and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. So not only are you giving, they are giving. They're not giving financially. There's not, there is more ways of giving to God. They are giving thanks. So, we don't give out of greed, guilt, because we're commanded to. We give so we can give thanks, so that others can give thanks. We give without acknowledgement. So often, I think, as, as, a, as a human, we like to do things. I'm the same around the house. If I hoover the house, I leave the hoover out. So she sees. Yep, good man. If I do the washing up, I make sure there's enough bubbles around the outside of the bowl so she knows. Yeah. Okay? We're all like this. Exactly. It's worse. God does not command us to do it and then seek something in return. If I see a need and I can meet it, it's my duty as a Christian, it's my, it's my life, it's my, what I want to do to give to it. And I'm definitely not perfect in this, but I can tell you from, the, from here, the blessings that come from giving far outweigh the cost. The blessings far outweigh the cost. Because God knows what you need. God sees what you've given. God sees what you need. If you gave something you don't need, you don't need that back. You need something else. God sees what you truly, truly need. So about without acknowledgement, 1 Timothy 5.25 says, It is the same way that good works, even if they are not known at first, will be eventually recognized and acknowledged. This is God who recognizes and acknowledges them. It's not for us to for look at man's approval for what we're giving. So, without command, in 2 Corinthians 8.8, 8, the, the title in the, the Passion Translate is Hilarious Generosity. If you think about hilarious generosity, it's almost like an obscure thing to do, to give beyond what's physically, mentally possible into a point where actually it's hilarious. It's a bit of a joke. And this is where it says about without command. So this is to the, the church in Corinth. It says, I'm not commanding you to do this. 
But I'm seeing how genuine your love is compared with your eagerness for other churches. He's not commanding you. He's seeing how much of your heart wants to give to these other people. How much of your desire in your life as a Christian do you want to enable someone else to flourish? So how do we give? Again, in 2 Corinthians it says, A uh, a stingy sower will reap a meager harvest. But the one who sows from generous spirit... See? It's not talking about 10%. It's not talking from a restriction. It's talking from a generous spirit. If I, if I ask you to pay... Okay. If you're self-employed or you do your own um, tax returns and at the end of the year, which is coming up, you think, actually, do you know what? I'm not going to bother. Because, you know, I, I don't feel like I, I want to. I'm not, I'm not giving this generously. I'm giving because I have to. Okay? What's going to happen? Well, you won't be here next Sunday, that is for sure. <laughs> okay? If you don't pay your tax, there are consequences. Okay? If you don't pay your 10%, God is not going to put you in prison. Because he asks for a spirit of generosity. And they will reap an abundant harvest. Let giving flow from your heart. It's a natural thing. It's not a forced thing. It's a natural thing. It's a flowing not from a sense of religious duty. Let it spring up freely from the joy of giving, all because God loves a hilarious, generous person. When we think about what God gave in his one and only Son, that is the most selfless, giving we could ever experience. That abundance to us was selfless. What we've gained since, since Jesus is so much more than what they had under the Mosaic law. Do you agree? The restrictions and the things they had to do, we are free from that. We have this relationship with God that gives us the freedom to be and dwell in his presence There's no curtain, there's no division, there's no restrictions. So why would we not, in our heart, want to give as he's given to us? So then we look at, what do we give? There's a story in Matthew, um, and a, a guy asks him about all the things he's done. He's like, yep, I've ticked all these laws off my list, what else can I do? And I get the impression that Jesus is probably thinking there, saying, right, so you've obeyed every law under the Mosaic law. I do not believe that for a minute. There is no way you never thought anything wrong against your parents. There's never a time where you did not go to the temple. There is not. And he's, he's, this, I can just imagine it going through his mind. And he says, if you really want to be perfect, go immediately and sell everything you own. Take, thinking in mind, this is, a, this is a wealthy person. And give all your money to the poor, and your treasure will be transformed into heaven. Then come back and follow me for the rest of your life. And it goes on to say that the guy kind of went away and ignored that bit. Because it was easier for him to do what he thought he had to do, 
rather than do actually what Jesus asked of him. And it says in there that you will be perfect. We know no one is perfect. I, think he, I believe he was talking about himself. Jesus lived a perfect life to a point where he gave everything for heaven. He wasn't talking to the guy about selling everything. That was an unrealistic thing. This guy's never going to do that. What he's saying is, he is saying, I, Jesus, am selling everything. I'm selling everything so that in heaven there are riches. Jesus never restricted the man's giving once he had everything. He said, give everything. Likewise, we should do the same. But at the beginning, I said, God doesn't need our money. And what I've just said is, sell everything and give all your money. I'm not making sense. And I was, this, is, this is my thought process last night, actually, because I'm thinking, oh, no, I can't, I can't say that, because they're going to say, yeah, but Tom, you've just said it doesn't need it. Now you're telling us to sell it all. So I was thinking, actually, what was it that the early church did that is the, the foundation of what we are today? And we read it in Acts. And it's a community of believers, and it says, Acts uh, 2.42. It said, um, it's quite a passage, so I'll just read through it. Every believer was faithfully devoted to following the teachings of the apostles. So this is the teachings of the apostles. Their hearts were mutually linked to one another. And I think it's so key what Giles spoke about this morning, about hands. About to serve. If, that, if, if what Giles shared this morning has hit you hard... Come and see him afterwards. Their hearts were mutually linked to one another, sharing communion and coming together regularly for prayer. A deep sense of holy awe swept over everyone, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. All the believers were in fellowship as one body, and they shared with one another whatever they had. They shared everything. And then this bit. Out of generosity, they even sold their assets to distribute the proceeds to those who are in need among them. It doesn't say they gave 10% as a tithe. It says they saw what they got, they saw what someone else needed, and they gave. Do you get me? As a church, and it goes on, and the, the, um, the final bit says, and the Lord kept adding to their number daily. And why are we surprised? If the church is what it was, people want that. I don't know if, it's, if you're like me and um, some of my colleagues are Christians, some of them aren't. But when you, when you go into the, the depth of what people truly need, it's God. It's God. And what are we giving them? Are we giving them God? Challenge challenge for each of us. So what is it that we give? Yes, it talks about money. It talks about time. It talks about fellowship. It talks about resources and things and assets. Let's not think of what we can give God as something only that comes out of our wallet. Because there's a whole rest of your body that God wants. God wants your hands. God wants your feet. God wants your voice. God wants your hug. 
God wants everything you've got to be given as he did. He didn't hold back anything. He sent everything to earth. I really pray that as, we, uh, as I'm bringing this, there's a freedom inside of you. And then there's no judgment, I promise you. But there's a freedom inside to say, I want to give in the spirit of giving. The, um, actually, can I have the band up, please? We, um, when we think about giving, we so easily restrict it to these four walls, do we not? Yeah, I used to. I used to think, if I'm doing my bit on a Sunday in giving, I'm done. I'm in heaven. Cha-ching. I couldn't be more wrong. I couldn't be more wrong. From the point of why I'm giving, how I'm giving, and what I'm giving. I couldn't be more wrong. Now, I very kindly, or very, yeah, kindly, had an image in my head of how I can express the act of giving, okay, as a practice. And it involves Ros and Sam. And Ros is very keen not to do it. Okay? <laughs> so is Sam. But Ros has, Ros has been having lessons recently on the piano from Sam. Impressed. I was. And uh, my whole mindset was, if we restrict giving, like we restrict our development of a new skill, how are we going to flourish? So, Sam, can we have some volume on the... Lovely. Okay, so, round of applause, please. Roz. Well done. Now she's showing off. See, she didn't want to do this, and now she's got there. She's all over it. Well done. <laughs> yeah, no, not that bit. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Well, thank you, Ros, very much. I appreciate that. So, Ros has been playing for a, for a few weeks now, just before Christmas. Sam, how many years? A few weeks. A few weeks? <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Actually, just after Rod started. So can we play the same bit of music, please? Yeah. Can you close your eyes? Can you go a bit freestyle? <laughs> okay. You can have this back now. I don't know why Sam has this, because he never uses it. It's not his anyway, it's yours. Um, so do you get my drift? If we restrict giving to a Sunday, to these four walls, to what we think giving is, to what we've always been taught giving is, to what we always feel giving is, yeah, we'll be able to give, we'll be able to play the piano. And you did very well. <laughs> but there's not the joy in playing the piano that Sam has. There's not the freedom in playing the piano 
but Sam has. Do you see what I mean? When we do something without thinking about it, daily, without looking at it, like giving, if you just live your life thinking, I've got to do this, I can only do this, I can do this with this, I can do this then, you won't become the freedom and the spirit that God intends giving to be about. I um, want to just close this, this passage in Matthew 22. And it's the great commandment, the two great commandments. And it says that we will love the Lord your God with every passion of your heart, with all the energy of your being, and with every thought that is within you. This is the great and supreme commandment. And the second is like it in importance. You must love your friend in the same way you love yourself. Contain within these commandments to love you. To, sorry. Contain within these commandments to love, you will find the meaning of all the law of the prophets. If we think about giving in a way of loving, it's a whole different context. Let's not let our actions be restricted by our traditions, our cultures, our laws, but let our life be enhanced by the Spirit. Jesus came and gave. Why? Because he loved us. How? In everything that he did and everything that he did. And what? His life. Not once is it recorded he had to give ten percent. He gave it all. And I want to challenge you this morning, I want to challenge myself. That in everything that we're doing, are we doing it as Christ would? Are we giving with that, that passion, that desire to live a spirit-filled life in giving? Or are we giving out of the fact that we feel like we have to? And I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about your time, your love, your resources, your energy, your efforts. And you can give it to so much more than just the offering box. You might see someone come in this church this morning who's coming alone. Invite them for lunch. You might be thinking, I've got to have lunch on my own. Invite someone else. If you start giving what you need, God will see your need met. If you want time with people, give time with people. I dare say, if you, need, if you want money, if you need money, start looking how you can bless other people. Because the riches are not just on earth. Thank you.